But what would happen is I would get into that job. I'd be highly successful, give them the results they hired me to produce. Right. And then put myself out of a job because I did it. Okay. You Mm. wanted this result. I gave this to you. Mm. Now what? Mm. So I found myself doing what millennials now do, moving through jobs, looking for satisfaction, looking for happiness, looking for that intrinsic, I made it, I did it. So welcome to the Meaningful Jobs podcast season two. I'm your host, Adrian. And today we're extremely honored to welcome Teresa Wonstaff, um, who has her own um, executive coaching and career coaching consultancy for, you know, a really long time already. So how are you doing, Teresa? You know, Adrian, I'm so excited to have our conversation today. I think that Mm. we're going to bring to the audience some really extraordinary nuggets Mm -hmm. Um, to help them grow. I totally agree because, you know, just for our listeners' um, context, I guess, you know, before the interview, um, I and Teresa talked a little bit about, you know, the purpose of life, how we're both, you know, realigned in our search for a higher purpose in life, aside from just working for a paycheck. So, you know, we'll be talking extensively about this um, in this episode. So, you know, before um, going in depth, about the current business you're in can you tell us um your career path maybe like give us an overview before you start your business yeah i'd be happy to so i was raised by an entrepreneur he um, my dad built his own business took it all over the world started in southeast asia and then it 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 moved everywhere And so that was the foundation that I was raised in, somebody who was dedicated to creating something and very hierarchical, very command control. The, um, the, the, he was the boss and he ran the show. And so I I felt, um, can you ask what kind of business that is? You can't. It was construction, but it was high-rise specialty and construction. So, like in Hong Kong, it was the Tai Yao Bank building. In yeah. Seattle, we've got um, to Union Square, Southern mm-hmm. California. So, all of these really specialty high-rise buildings. And right. so, I felt growing up that if I was going to be successful, mm-hmm. if I was going to accomplish anything, mm-hmm. I should be a high-powered executive running a company. Mm-hmm. So all of the decisions I made to orient myself in my career were based on business. Right. And so I worked in manufacturing. I've worked in software, in tech. I've worked a number of years in healthcare, always rising the ladder. But right. what would happen is I would get into that job I'd be highly successful, give them the results they hired me to produce. Right. And then put myself out of a job because I did it. Okay. You Mm -hmm. wanted this result. I gave this to you. Mm -hmm. Now what? 
Mm. So I found myself doing what millennials now do, moving through jobs, looking for satisfaction, looking for happiness, looking for that intrinsic, mm. I made it, I did it, this is a good place to be. Mm. And never finding it, never, you know, the project was fun in the beginning. Yeah. But then it wasn't. Mm. So my search has been for long lasting happiness and fulfillment and success. What is it that will help me cultivate that? And even in the consulting that I did over the last couple of decades, yeah, I would hear that from my clients. How do I find fulfillment? How do I find inner satisfaction? And so I coined this phrase, moving from living by default, mm -hmm. which is by societal constructs and starting to define your own. So operations, sales, finance, mm -hmm. a little bit of everything, but... Mm. So you kind of dabbled in everything. You you were successful in all of them. But yeah. I guess the problem for you is what's um what what's the thing after you've you've got all the all that success, which is um it could be astounding to quite a lot of people listening or to or, or to people not listening as well. Um but um it's funny um that a lot of humans they try and um they try their lives to reach the top but once they reach the top they become depressed so yes. um yeah can you tell us a little bit more about how you actually felt when you reached the top in every role you you did um you know before you started your business that is such an insightful question thank you for asking no problem i was sad hmm. i was depressed i was so much of my personal happiness came from my achievements, from what I did and who I helped and the projects I landed and the contracts that I, and the mergers and the, and so, you know, you get to this place, you did accomplish the achievements, but it was hollow. Mm because it didn't fulfill me it didn't oh, give can, me can that you, in can you can you um specifically point towards why you felt like this or um it doesn't well it doesn't have to be specific if you can't think of why but um i always find it really interesting um that you know we as humans value a lot of achievements but once we have them we, you know all of a sudden we don't seem to value them. Yeah, I think for two reasons. Mm. One, um, I was living by somebody else's standards mm. and fulfilling somebody else's dreams. Mm -hmm. And two, I defined my self-worth mm. by the job. As long as the job was vital and successful and involved, then I was, then I felt like I had worth. Right. But the moment I completed and there's not another one 
right behind it, or there wasn't another accomplishment to chase, then I became disoriented. Because so many of us define our self-worth by what we do, not who we are. Mm. And so there was this constant ebb and flow. And then I search for that next great project, that next great job. And I think it's important to mention as well that underpinning all of this is the fact that I was born intuitive. Mm. So my lens on the world not only is what the human experience is, but it's also that intuitive sense of where am I supposed to be? What are the other nuances available in this experience? Mm. And how can I use this intuitive tool, this intuitive sense, Mm-hmm. to orient back to that place where I can find the fulfillment, where I can be happy, where I can be in a place of deeper self-worth. Mm. Um, I, I think you've mentioned a lot of good points there. You know, a lot of people um, measure themselves um, based on other people's standards without them even knowing. And yeah. um this is a question I didn't prepare, but you know, I just thought of this question, which I think will be quite interesting. Um, how do you feel about, you know, successful entrepreneurs that we always see on our screens, like Elon Musk, like um, like Jeff Bezos? How do you think they keep on going? You know, because you said you, um, you could keep yourself going, but once you reach that goal you seem to you know become depressed but you know for other people it seems like they've got something in them that they could keep going could you Mm -hmm. could you you point out maybe the difference um, in this you think yeah I I think it's 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 a spectrum right Hmm. so for Elon Musk and Bezos what defines happiness and fulfillment for them Hmm. um and I think they've they're evolving that. Mm. Number two, they're living their life through the lens of their brilliance. Mm. So they are working within their genius. So for them, that's always worthy. They're not allowing other people to define what their brilliance is and what their happiness is and what the job should be and what the project should be. They're defining it. It's going in the other direction, right? Mm. So they're defining all those measures, which means they have the opportunity to self-direct. They have the opportunity to go within and say, okay, what's going to give me happiness today? Where am I going to feel fulfilled? Mm. And um, Steve Jobs is another one. He always was self-directed. He always said, where do I push myself next? Where do I put my brilliance? What project? What mm-hmm. asset? And all three of them live that. Whereas most of us go in the other direction. They allow society to tell us, mm-hmm. go here, do that, get this degree, take this job, climb the ladder, mm-hmm. be in this industry. 
whether it's family, friends, or general society, the things that, you know, are programmed from advertising and media, mm. right? So I think that is being self-determined. You know, that's the difference between then and now for me. Now I choose. I choose what I want to work on. Mm -hmm. I build the constructs that I want to work within. I choose who I want to work with. Mm. I'll say, I'm sorry, I'm not the right person for you. I'm not the right mentor. Mm -hmm. You know, there's a value disconnect mm. or a vision or a mission disconnect. What, what do you say, though, to um, the millions of employees who perhaps, you know, couldn't have their own business and are just working paycheck to paycheck? Like, how can they find a way out of this, you think, then? That is a brilliant question. So I'm going to give you, and, and I've been thinking about that a lot, Adrian, since you and I connected. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to give you a couple of answers because I cert certainly was that person in my um, early careers as a single mom. Mm. And this is a big reach, but I'm going to put it out there anyways. I believe that financial well-being is the result of doing what you love and doing it well. Mm. So when you find your area of brilliance mm -hmm. and when you work within it, the natural result is financial abundance. And I think that both on a microcosm and a macrocosm, so for the individual and for the company, stay mm. in your lane and do it better than anybody else mm. and come from happiness and joy and fulfillment. Now in the microcosm, the other ingredients are know thyself, understand what you love to do, mm. understand what your brilliance is. Mm -hmm. And it is one of the most challenging things to learn about ourselves because our brilliance is something we do so well, it's effortless. Mm. It is the thing our friends ask us to do for them. Our brilliance is the thing that everybody admires for us, from us, but we don't see. So one of the key ingredients to finding your brilliance is to talk to others. Mm. When what? Why are you my friend? What do you admire within me? Mm -hmm. And then being open and 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 vulnerable and receiving that, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And saying, hmm, yeah, mm -hmm. actually, I do that really well. Mm -hmm. um, and and so understanding what your brilliance is, and then aligning it to your job. When I managed people, one of the first things I did was understand what they love to do, mm -hmm. and I literally would spend six months of my first managing a team first part of managing a team right. understanding what their unique contribution is that made them happy mm. and then i'd look at the scope of work whether it was the department or several departments or or a project and i'd say okay we're going to reorganize based on where i think you will be happiest mm. and you can watch the results increase whether that was monetary, time, 
effort, product design, product, whatever it was, whatever the scope of work for that group of people was, mm-hmm. it would exponentially increase the more the people were happy doing what they were there to do. Mm. Well, it's interesting you said that you put a lot of emphasis in asking what um, your subordinates are interested in doing. Um, but have you encountered anybody who just isn't passionate about, you know, working in a company that you you happen to be in the same time? And what would you do in response? Yeah, I have, unfortunately. <laughs> so the first response is to try and find a place. If it's not in my team, yeah. in whose team, in what department, doing what 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 service? Um, and then if, and, and if you can't create something for them that benefits them and the company, then they need to find somewhere else to work. Mm -hmm. And that's the sad reality. To um, fire people. Yeah. Yeah. I I kind of guessed that. (laughs) Yeah. And it's never, I've never fired somebody without having a conversation and the actual letting go was the result of many conversations. Right. Um, yeah, I, I, yeah, it's mm. not the most fun part of being a manager, mm-hmm. but it is the one where I feel strongly that I still serve that person by mm. letting them go. Because by letting them go and having the conversation about why I'm letting them go, Mm-hmm. It gives them another lens to look at their life and maybe do a reorientation towards where they might be happier. Mm. Right, right. I, yeah. As, you know, it's something that I've been thinking a lot, which is um, there's camp A, which says you should follow your passion no matter what, and camp B, which says you can have your passion but don't rely on it to make money. Um, I guess both of them have their own merits and, um, you know, ways that aren't, um, you know, things that aren't well thought, I think. You know, it's hard to just pick one camp or the other. But personally, I don't think you can just say, follow your passion and you'd be fine, you know, in, you'd be fine in life because you see counselors, musicians, artists who can't make it to the top and they could become depressed as a, as a result. So, you know, how would you view this issue, you think? Well, I think first and foremost, we humans have this great propensity to polarize things. It's black mm-hmm. or white, yes or no. Mm-hmm. And I agree with you, Adrian, it's in the middle. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> if you're a mu- musician and and, and, and let me back up a minute. I actually have an artist friend right. um, who's highly successful. Mm. And she's done it all on her own by learning. So there's a couple of things there. What do you define as success? If you want to 100% follow your passion, then define what success will mean to you. 
does it mean working part-time for a paycheck mm -hmm. while following your passion? So is it an and situation so that you're paying the bills while doing what you love mm -hmm. until what you love starts to pay your bills? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a progression. It's not something that you can just wake up in the morning and say, I'm going to quit my job. Yeah. And I'm going to go travel the world and mm -hmm. I'm going to blog and I'm going to be successful doing that. Mm -hmm. Well, you have to have some skills in those areas to perform well, right? Right. It, it's like winning the lottery. The mm -hmm. odds are really low yeah. that you'll be successful with that experience. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess, you know, a, a fine balance is needed. But I personally have friends who I know work their socks off. They reach a lot of what I would say worldly success, you know, where they get a lot of reputation, fame. But, you know, again, similar to your situation, perhaps they achieve this and they become depressed because they don't know what's, you know, afterwards. So can you tell us a little bit about, you know, how you, you know, as a, as somebody who set up your own business, um, how do you coach your clients to not fall into this trap? Yeah. Know thyself. We'll go back to that. Mm -hmm. Really understand what is your brilliance? What, what, what you feel is success? Who are you? What makes you happy? Mm. How do you take care of yourself so you don't drop into burnout? Mm -hmm. um, it's an internal journey first before it's expressed externally. So really understanding what is within you that wants to be expressed mm. to create success externally. Does that make sense? Mm. Well, if you, if you can explain a little bit more about that, maybe. Yeah. So... When, when I work with individuals, the first thing we do is define what makes them happy. Mm -hmm. And, and we do that by looking at three measures. What do they value? Yeah. If they could change the world like that, what would the vision be for the world? Because often it's their world that they're talking about. Right. Right. And if you could be Superman, what would you do? What would you, your purpose be? Mm. What would you fix? So when you have the context of those three measures, they allow you to start looking at the world a little bit differently, looking at how you can interact with the world a little bit differently. And then when you overlay things like, okay, now what is your brilliance? Mm -hmm. Where do people see you successful? Mm-hmm. And overlay that. So it's 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 an evolution. It's not a take the green pill and you'll have the experience. It's it's this evolution of internal knowing, right? Of internal expression, right? That you want to bring out into the world. Does that help a little more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it really helps. And um could, could you tell us a little bit more about um, how you transitioned into having your own business? Because you mentioned at the beginning of the episodes that you were born into an entrepreneurial family. 
um, mm-hmm. you always thought that in order to be successful, you needed to be in control and have your own business. But obviously, you didn't straight up become a business uh, owner at first. Mm-hmm. So, um, could you tell us how you transitioned, you know, into your own into having your own business? It was slow. And it was the back and forth that we talked about earlier. I would work for somebody else and then I'd move off and do my own thing. And then I'd go back and work for somebody or I'd take a contract or I'd take a project Mm -hmm. and then I'd come back into my own business. Right. And through that evolution, I overcame fears. Right. I overcame the fears that were holding me back from stepping into full entrepreneurship, stepping Mm -hmm. into my own business, stepping into my own evolution. And these fears come from all sorts of places. You know, Mm -hmm. they're they're belief systems that live within us, they're Mm -hmm. responses to trauma, they're responses to benign incidences that Mm -hmm. happen in our childhood where we make a decision Mm -hmm. about how the world should be. and for me, it was a, a lot of it was wrapped up in um, being safe and secure. Right, right. Yeah. And entrepreneurship, owning your own business is scary. And it's mm-hmm. there's a lot that is required of you because yeah. you are doing all of the jobs. Mm. You're doing the marketing, you're doing the accounting, you're doing the sales, you're doing the, you do it all. Right. Um. So it's also embracing mm. everything that is required of having your own business. Mm. So, you know, just uh, lastly, before we end the interview, um, for those who are perhaps struggling in their careers, aside from advising them to know themselves more, do you have any advice for them, you think? It's an inside job. Mm. Start with yourself understand um go to my website i've got some free resources available Mm -hmm. um and find a mentor find somebody will help you guide you in the way that you need Mm. Um, don't do it alone well that's some great advice and um thanks so much for the interview um so um, for our listeners, um, do check out Teresa's website, which we will put on the description link to this uh, episode interview, and do subscribe and rate the Meaningful Jobs podcast. Um, we would really appreciate that. So thanks again, Teresa, for coming to uh, my podcast, and I wish you all the best. Thank you, Adrian. Good to be here. Thank you.